You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. T-Mad. Don is a pastor with 38 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Pastor Don. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. 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 We just had a funeral for one of our dear beloved members of our community, Ron. Ron. Yeah. Good man. Very good man. Um, lived to a very ripe age and uh, I had lots of good memories with him. Um, mostly with Habitat for Humanity. Man, I love that organization. Yeah. It's pretty special. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as we were talking down in the basement after the service, you're talking about his shop and how you can tell a lot about someone by how their shop looks. By their workshop, yes. That's right. Actually, whether you can work in that shop or not work in that shop, mm-hmm. and organized or not organized, and which tools are most important, yep. things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Yes. I brought... Uh, oh, did you bring pictures? For you. I brought you a picture of my workshop. Oh! Now, most of the people that... Uh, You're not going to put this on the video? Do you give it? Oh, I'll put it up on the video oh. if you want to see it. I'll put it up there. And... But just tell everyone what you see, what you think, because some people are on podcasts. So yes, and it is a a, a, a nice. The walls are beautiful. They're lined with steel. It's a modern workshop, and it has a walkway through the middle <laughs> and sections on each side. One of welding on one side, mechanical on the other side. Looks like towards the back, you've got some milling things, and and so you could do just about anything in this workshop. And I notice are those speakers in the middle? No, that's a oh. ice fishing shack that I oh, hang up. Oh, okay. I thought maybe they were great big it. speakers so you could really blast. No, you know, no speakers. Turns. Okay, you you're, use your ear pods. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. Yeah, a little. It's organized chaos. Oh, it's it's uh, much more of that ladder, I think. But. And so you could, you know, I, I think I could probably find a half inch wrench. Oh, yeah. Probably go over to this drawer about right there. there. Yep, yeah, yep. okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it says quite a bit about you. You, you do have some organization. Yep. Uh, but you're also comfortable with chaos. Oh, yeah. And maybe created some. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm great at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Five or six projects set aside at a time to come back to later on. And right. sometimes those things get pushed back so far. There's even like right behind the welder here. Yeah, you can barely see it, but it's like an old wooden um, ice box. Oh, that's what that is. Right? Yeah. So you're uh, getting ready to restore that someday. Oh, it's been there since my grandpa died back in was that 2013, 14, I think. And that was like the one thing from their house I really wanted because I'm going to make that into a little fridge. And, you know, there's never been, a, there's not a lot of things that I can't do or fix. At least I think so. Mm-hmm. But man, that is a whole new ballgame. Creating refrigeration is. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the real stuff now. No, okay, this wasn't real. No, no. <laughs> I just thought uh, Rob was in the shop, and I'm like, should I take a picture of this and send it to Don? He goes, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, for a team ad, you know. I'll bring it in. So, uh, do I have to bring one of my shop, though? Oh, I think it's only fair. Oh, boy. You can't clean if it If you think this either. is chaos, brother, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, see, wow. You I know. thought that this was going to make you feel better about your shop. No, no. I'm sorry. Oh, man. I'm sorry for you. I usually clean it up like once or twice a year. Well, that's once or twice more than mine gets. Mm-hmm. 
And that feeling after you clean it all up is ah, yes, almost spiritual. It's it is. A, I agree. Mm-hmm. So the topic today is about freedom and order. Mm. And this is going to be kind of a long, it's going to be a little bit political just because how, how it's how we view our desires. Mm. And then we want to kind of figure out what God desires. So the Bible contains like two very powerful, distinct, um, and, and conflicting political impulses. The first is freedom. And the second is an impulse towards political order. And we can tell by what our founding fathers and how they created the, um, uh, all the supporting documents for rule of law mm-hmm. that they really wanted to have that freedom be the centerpiece um, of this nation and, and the rights of all people. But what does it say when we constantly desire, you know, like we always want the other thing sometimes. And generally with politics, that's how they kind of get you, right? They're like, oh, well, you said you don't like, you know, um, a bunch of rules and that people should be free, yet you want to do this. It's like, well, yeah, but sometimes that's okay. Mm-hmm. What does that say about They us? start to get us. We, we tend to lean towards one extreme or another. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I see this most decidedly in Jesus is that he, he plows right down through the center. Well, what happens then if you plow right down the center on any issue mm-hmm. is the fact that both sides whoop at you. Oh yeah. And, and so, you know, you're, you're in the firing range and to put it in a nutshell, Christianity should be right down the center okay. between freedom and law, uh, be, freedom and order, because in one way or another, God is calling us to a relationship with him. Okay. And that's always going to have some give and take. So the order gives the, the parameters, the, the, this is how far you can go, and, and then the freedom, and you're always free in between that. Right. And so law, if you will, or order, uh, creates those extremes. Yeah. And then God's calling us to the center of freedom that is established in a relationship with him. I, I liken it to uh, sheep. Sheep. Yeah. So uh, you can have a pasture and create a fence that will keep the sheep in. Right. Or you can take the most scrumptious bale of alfalfa mm-hmm. and they'll be drawn to the center. Yeah. Okay. They have all the freedom of the pasture, mm-hmm. but the border is the fence and that's order that keeps them in. Yep. But the really good stuff's with Jesus, I mean, right. in the center, but they have freedom to be anywhere in that yeah. around. And I think that's how do we live in that centerpiece of freedom? Because it's not easy. Right. I mean, God calls us, you know, to, you know, be submissive to the political governments, right? Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of, uh, it's almost like it, you know, in the Old Testament, it's all about order. Um, well, no. It's all wrong. about law. It's about law. But also, you know, in Exodus, 
he's he's freeing you from the political order, right? Okay, yeah. In, in a way, they had sold themselves into a slavery. Yeah. And so being sold into a slavery then that they could not get themselves out of, God intervened and brought them freedom. Yep. Okay. And then in the middle of that, that freedom, he gives these 10 mandates, and most of them are do not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then that, well, don't tell me not to. Right. Because if you tell me not to, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. You never have those moments. So, but then, you know, in, in, the, in the Old Testament, some in the New Testament too, there's these kings, there's, there's this hierarchy of power. And in some cases, especially with um, the ones we're familiar with, are God-ordained, you know, that they are, they are set there by God. When, first of all, when was the last, who was the last king or ruler ordained by God? Well, it was a Jehoiakim. Well, that was the last king that was ordained by God. That might be a little different. Let, let's remind ourselves yeah. that in First Samuel, I think it was chapter three, God made it clear He wasn't much in favor of kings. Okay. He, he uh, Samuel was the last judge, and he wasn't in favor of kings, but the people wanted a king, mm-hmm. and so God, okay, yeah, you really want a king like all the other around, and mm-hmm. we'll get you a king. Okay. And Saul didn't turn out too great. David turned out a little better. And then uh, it's interesting, as they went into two kingdoms, things sort of went south, yeah, literally. And so um, that, that political piece yeah. of uh, Israel's past is sort of cloudy. I'm not sure there were a lot of them that were God-ordained. Okay. Because it was following a, a heritage. Okay. Certainly been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did did the writers, I'm not going to say did God know, because God knew, but did the writers know when they said, uh, it, it, what verse is it? I'm trying to think about what book it is. It says, you know, you have to kind of submit yourselves to um, your ruling class. Oh, your, your Romans 13. Romans, thank you. Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, <clears throat> for there is no authority except that which God has established. Mm-hmm. Did they know that when they wrote that? that And the authorities that exist have been established by God. So is that saying that all the authorities are established by God? Well, if you look at the, the, the uh, prophets like uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah, they would say, yes, that the political season has been uh, established by God and sometimes to discipline God's own people. Okay. And so you might be getting a whooping by the government because God wants to somehow move through the middle of that. Okay. That makes good sense. Um, uh, see, see, we have this, we have this thing in our heads that if we're with God, everything should be wonderful. Right. And what we are promised is that in the midst of the storm, God will give us peace. Yeah. He doesn't promise to take away the storm. But in the midst of the storm, we will have a peace that is beyond our beyond understanding. Mm-hmm. And so we want to think that if we're on God's side, everything's going to go our way. It's just going to be so nice. Right. And it ain't going to be that way. No. Because uh, so many times, even revival comes out of the midst of hard times. Yep. And uh, we we need revival. Yeah. Some would say that's a easy scapegoat or an easy, you know, a back door to believing in, 
in God and Christ is, oh, well, you have all these different ways to get around this issue, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's a uh, one that I found recently. Oh, good, I have it on the paper even. Um, so here's like a right wing and a left wing view that I found in scripture, right? So these are kind of conflicting, at least I think in my head. The first comes from Ephesians 4.28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone that is in need. I mean, that says, you know, get up, get to work. You know, uh, not necessarily that everyone is a, a thief that is getting, you know, government assistance, right? right? But, you know, someone who's on, you know, the right side of the political aisle would say, you know, here in the Bible, it says, you know, get right. to work. You are able. And, and Paul's speaking specifically to the soul that just been transformed. Yep. If you go back to 24 and 25, okay. it's saying, put on a new self. Yep. Uh, let the old go away, like the old clothes. Right. Almost like yeah. the very, you know, prominent um, saying for, you know, Republicans is, you know, pull, get up by your bootstraps and do it. Get tough. Get tough. Yeah. So John Wayne now, you know, don't sit there. Don't be collecting government checks when, you know, you could be doing right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're suffering, but pull yourself up now on the left. So this one's from James five, chapter four says, behold, the wages of laborers who have mowed your fields, which have kept you back by fraud are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Now to me, that says these people don't have the money because they are being somewhat oppressed by someone who could be paying them more, should be paying them more, can pay them more, and is choosing not to. And that is why they are, um, they don't have the resources, right? Right. It's not necessarily saying that, you know, you you aren't getting what's rightfully yours, but it kind of is. And this well, is a very popular... It's a judgment against yeah. those who have more and aren't paying, you mm-hmm. know, so this guy's doing this. And here, here the poor are among you and you're not paying them right defrauding them if you right. will and i think james is basically saying if you if you've hired somebody to do something you pay them what they're worth mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know that it's quite the same it might not be perfect the thing that i i would interject into that conver- conversation okay. yeah, yeah. would be from ephesians chapter six which talks about we all need to work mm-hmm. and we work as if the God is our employer. Yeah. And so whatever our passion is, whatever we are tuned to do, whatever he's given us the gifts to accomplish, we need to be doing, whether we're a slave or a, or a uh, business owner, mm-hmm. we do it as if it's unto the Lord. Yeah. It brings a different perspective for our work. Then I'm not just working for you. I'm working for the Lord happens to be doing some of the things you want me to do because Mm -hmm. that fits into this organization or that fits into this farm or, you know, that fits into this situation. So we're called then not only to use our labors for someone else's benefit, which puts food on our table, but we're called under a umbrella to work as if we're working for God himself. Yes. And that changes things. I mean, it goes back from, we don't need the the fence as much as we need the alfalfa. Right. We need to be drawn towards God in every aspect of our lives. And that changes things. That changes how we look at going to work every day. That changes how we do what we do. It changes how we live with our family. Mm-hmm. 
it changes what we gripe about when we come home from work. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the kind of atmosphere. It's living on that edge with God without the right or the left. Right. And it's, it goes right down the center of every person's heart, it does, I think. It's, it really it's, does. Um, Consider it pure joy, my brothers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I, what I do like about you know the Constitution of the United States is that it's always, we have an order, right? Here it is. And uh, these are the laws. And that can only really be challenged by freedom. Right. Freedom being challenged by order is oppression, mm-hmm. right? And, and no, there's no other way around it. It, it is oppression. That's the, so the one can do something good for, so the freedom being, cha- cha- freedom challenging order is all, I see is always good, but order challenging freedom is the one that makes me go, ugh. Mm-hmm. ugh yeah. And it depends on who has power of the order. Right. Be- I, I think exactly because that's that's where I was getting. That's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I want to be free, you know, and to mm-hmm. do whatever I want, you know. It's but when I, but I know that God wants me to have order in my life, and so when I think of a government body saying, you know, here's the rules, here's that the makes rules. me go no. But when it comes from God and His Word, that should be different. It should be different. Yeah. How's that go? Different. Oh, it feels different. Yeah. It certainly does. See, if we can look at the laws being or God's boundary line as setting a place where we can live within mm-hmm. rather than a place we ought to hit all the time, yeah. it makes a difference. Uh, the sweetness is in the relationship in the center. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the things I bring out in this discussion when you talk about politics is if we don't allow a moral concept behind it, it skews everything. Yeah. Because so many laws in, in political situations are made within a moral climate yep. that has certain suppositions already made. Well, if the moral climate changes, the interpretation of the law changes. Yeah. And then that, you might start out with the most pure system there is, and it's skewed by... by uh, a change of the moral climate yeah. and no, well i mean that's then what, how do you do that yeah. how do you work with that it, i mean and that's something we kind of see in the federal government too is that they're not necessarily trying to hash out good policy that's that's my own opinion everyone that's my i feel like they're not really trying to do anything good but they're trying to win culture on each side just having that battle which i hate you know five years ago ten years ago Everyone would say, they, you know, it should be illegal to have, you know, attack ads for political ads. Just say what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's encouraged. Right. It, it really is. Messy um, stuff. I've even found myself being like, yeah, that's a good point. That guy kind of stinks. And that's so hard because you know that there has to be a battle on the moral ground of everything. But so often I want to say, you know what, just let everyone do what they want to do. I don't want to speak out. I don't want to make someone upset. So I'll just have a little like podcast show and mm-hmm. I'll just vent yeah, about my okay. frustrations here. There you go. <laughs> Hi folks. Yeah. We're venting. Yeah. But that, you know, God bless us. We've got this freedom. Yeah, that's true. Now, what do we do with it? And what does everybody else does do with a podcast? 
and are we doing it in good ways? Mm -hmm. I think this one's good. Yeah. I'm biased, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's important to like what you're saying, like, you know, perfect freedom or, or perfect order are not good things. And, and that's, those are, those aren't going to happen. Well, neither one's going to be perfect. No, exactly. So it has to be something of a, a culmination of the two, I think. And there has to be some tension around it, right? Yeah. Order comes at a cost of freedom. Mm-hmm. And freedom often costs us more than we think. Yep. It's good. Okay. Which one's better, though? Well, I like freedom. Oh, I sure do, too. Yeah. And, and as long as we live with a certain set of moral values, I think freedom is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. But at the point that I start messing up your freedom, yeah, we need to be called to account. True. I mean, what, what are you supposed to do? And I'm not asking you like how I should vote or something like that, but just kind of as a thought experiment, you know, there are people that are in need, right? We see this group of people in need. Now, if you're from a certain political mindset, maybe you'd say, okay, well, we need to all pool our resources, right? And help them that way it's just a little bit from everybody and i feel like it's gotten to the point now where there's not a lot of resources left over for you know individuals to give for charity and i think that's because well it's like well the government is supposed to be taking care of this now if you're voting for how much you should pay in taxes i think everyone's kind of on the same aspect of less is less taxes i don't i would rather have more of my money mm-hmm. so that i can give more now, sometimes we don't end up doing that, but if we have the opportunity to, there'd be a lot more there to move around. Right. But how does God think about this? I mean, if everyone's in agreement that, yes, this is going to go, I feel like that's a good thing. But if it's nothing's, if it's not helping the situation or there's not, or you see someone who's still in need, who's not getting the resources, I feel like that personal level is a much better way to help. How do we go about making that argument somewhere? How do we jump back in time before 1929? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what I'm asking? Well, we lived sort of because okay. basically we we called the government mm-hmm. into doing more yeah. in the Great Depression. Yeah. And uh, mainly because in the 20s, there was a lot of freedom being used yeah and and uh, abused mm-hmm. and so then how do you then regulate those things yeah and it's the regulation i think we're feeling more of mm-hmm. than before the thing that was interesting is when there were poor people in our midst before 1935 40 i mean everybody felt the great depression right uh it would be the community often centered in the church that would reach out and help the under the needy in the mm-hmm. community. And it would be the, uh, Christian rich yeah. that would somehow make things happen in communities and towns. I mean, many of our small towns across America had one or two leading individuals of wealth okay. who really invested in their towns. And uh, I, I was thinking of the Nymans and the jo- Josephs out in the little town where I grew up. And they really invested into the town. And when they're gone, sometimes the town goes too. Because nobody else is investing. So it's n- 
How are we living into it? Uh, How do we live into a time of need? I mean, let's face it. It's when we're in crisis, whether we're rich or poor, that our moral compass, hopefully Christian-driven, allows us to live into the situation in a way that is not only for me, but how do we get through this together? Yeah. And that's, that makes a difference. So when you talk about order and freedom, yep. uh, that, that's still going to the same spot in my head. How are you going to live into it? How am I going to live into it? And then what do we do together? And where's the need at? And how are we going to live into it? If I'm looking to just take care of me, and I have the freedom to just take care of me, right. that changes a lot of things. If we lean into it together, you and I, we can make things happen. Yeah. And I think it, it's a measure of our selfishness. Oh, for sure. Uh, Jesus talked about it. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mark 12, 29 to 32. And then he said, and the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and said it's the, all the law and the prophets hang on those two things. And notice those are not negative. Nope. They're not thou shalt not, but they're love the Lord. Yeah. Love your neighbor. This is going to work out. Right. It's not order or freedom. Yeah. It's love. And I think that's a really positive message. Honestly, at the end of the day, that's a, that's a positive thing that, we don't need to strive for one over the other and then pulling at each other is a good thing. Right. As long as the right authority figure is the right moral authority is the one that you're using. That's, that's the key point there. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting is, do you know those two things were not unique to Jesus? They actually come from Deuteronomy chapter six. It's a Shema oh. and it was unique to the Jews and their blessing. Hmm. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. Love your neighbors yourself. Yep. Jesus didn't do anything. He brought them back to where a place they should have been to start with. Yeah. And us too. Yeah. Good and bad on both sides of it too. Hmm. That's true. All right, Don, will you pray us out? I can do that. Awesome. Lord, we thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for a call that you give us. We thank you that you've uniquely gifted us. Heavenly Father, as this broadcast is heard by some, we pray that it's shared and it blesses many. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everyone, I'm sorry we ran a little bit long on that one. Um, Long-winded like a preacher. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'll take some responsibility for that too. Um, if you've got anything else to add to that, did we miss something there? Um, let us know. Drop Please. it in the comments there. Uh, hit that like button too. Um, and next week we're going to do something about uh, revelations. So tune in next week for that. Um, it's going to be a good one. So thanks for joining us, everyone. We will see you next week. Lord willing. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless.